Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast. Hello and welcome to the Truth and Liberty live call-in program where we'll take all of your calls, your questions, your concerns uh, coming up. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this program. I know I said last week I had my favorite guest and uh, up until this point he was, uh, but this guy is... Oh, my goodness. Uh, wait till you hear from Bobby Connor. I'm going to introduce him in just a minute, but want to give you a couple of the highlights of what's happening. You're not going to want to miss Monday's program. Richard Harris is interviewing Ryan Walters on religious liberty, talking about the cases on the front lines where the battle's the hottest. You're going to hear it. So don't miss that. Men's Advance coming up May, uh, March the 7th, rather, March 7th through 9th. You're going to hear from Andrew Womack, Todd White. If you haven't seen Todd White, Oh, my goodness, you're in for a treat. Uh, also, Jeremy Pearson's Billy Epperhart. Uh, that's all March the 7th through the 9th. AWMI.net slash events can fill you in more of those. But Robert and Elizabeth Mirren, they are like two of the most talented people I've ever met. Every presentation that they've put together is off the charts, uh, better than Hollywood. And uh, they're putting on David and the King of Jerusalem musical uh, coming up on March the 28th, 29th through the 30th. And it's going to be there at Karis, uh, 800 Gospel Truth Way. That's great. That's a great address. Uh, Friday at 7, Saturday at 10. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. Anything they do. You and I, I just, I if, I if I could be there, I would be there. That's how, it's just so good. Uh, Karis Bible College Campus Days, uh, you want to be a part of that. Andrew Womack, of course, Mike and Carrie Pickett, uh, Greg Moore, Wendy Parr, Barry Bennett, and Daniel Bennett will be there. And you can find out more at awmi.net slash events. Uh, if you want to check out uh, anything that, any show you've missed in the past, truthandliberty.net's the place to go. Uh, I can't wait to introduce my guest, but I just have to touch on uh, a little bit of news because we had some great news this week. Uh, out of the Alabama Supreme Court, they were referring to uh, out of the, the Alabama Supreme Court uh, uh, Constitution that was changed in 2018 that said policy of this state to, to ensure the protection of the rights of the unborn child. Um, policy matters because they based their Supreme Court decision that said, if you have a frozen embryo, guess what? That's a human child. And it doesn't matter the location of that minor, of that unborn child. It's still an unborn child, which is a great, great precedent for everything we're doing, including the case that we're filing in Ohio. So uh, thanks to uh, thanks to the Supreme Court of the state of Alabama, Chief Justice Tom Parker there said, even before birth, all human beings bear the image of God and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory. This was uh, just a great, great thing. And um, I celebrate it. And uh, I also celebrate our guest. Uh, Bobby Connor is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, he is a guy that has been to more than 50 countries. He has been married for 50 years. He has uh, been preaching five times a week for 55 years. He's head of Eagle Eagles View Ministries. He is a guy that was a Southern Baptist pastor. When you hear his stories, I don't know if you're going to believe this, but a Southern Baptist pastor for 50, excuse me, for 27 years. Um, he is... Um, He's a rock star, as far as I'm concerned. If you haven't, if you haven't heard of Bobby Connor, I promise you, you will not regret hearing of him now. Welcome to Truth and Liberty, Bobby. 
We're delighted to be with you. God bless you. And we're looking forward to uh, having a good time. Uh, the Bible said we ought to be the happiest people in the world. The Bible said we're, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. We're seated in heavenly places. And we will need to move away from being a victim to a victor. And we're going to be having a good time. I tell them, some people have just enough Jesus to be miserable. They got him in the head, but not the heart. They got rules, regulations, stipulations, manipulations. God will have nothing to do with that. The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. And so we need to understand, we've got to start putting our focus on the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3 says, God will keep us in perfect peace if we keep our mind on him. Also, the Bible says, if we look at all the chaos and the, the calamities taking place around, it says men's hearts will fail them for the things they see coming up on the earth. So let's look, let, we'll look at that, but we're going to keep our focus on the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3, and peace is very powerful. Romans 16, 20 said, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. So anyway, we're going to have a good time. So let's just visit together and visit with the people and let them know this. God's got a, a wonderful plan for you. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. I know my thoughts, I think, towards you, declares the Lord. Thoughts of your success, not your failure. So God's plans for us are better and bigger than we can make for ourselves. Isn't that amazing? His plans are bigger and better than we could make for ourselves. So let's That's enjoy awesome. our time and... And let's get the word of God into people's heart. That's awesome. And, you know, to hear those words in light of the fact that what we're looking at is what appears to be the deliberate destruction of America. I mean, it, it just seems like we're living in a dumpster fire. And, and you know, was this cyber attack? This Was this a, was this, this cell phone blackout a test? I mean, we're going to talk about some of those things of, of what yes. we're to do in this hour. What does it mean in this yeah. hour? What does year 2024 mean? All of that. But before we get to that, before we get to the God stories that I cannot wait to hear, um, I want to get a little bit of your history because I know there's a lot of people, surprisingly, that, uh, that haven't yet heard of you, Bobby. And so I just kind of want to get your history. And, you know... A lot of people are listening. They're saying, you know what? You hear from God, and and, and that's great. But, you know, I, I mean, I read the Word, but I, I don't really hear from God. But you actually started hearing from God as a child. Tell us tell us about your uh, sitting in the front yard uh, as a preschooler, uh, and you heard, uh, don't, was it, don't ride the pony? Yeah, don't get on that pony. Let, let me tell you, the people go, well, uh, Bobby, when did, when, did, when did you start moving in the Spirit? Well, it actually happened while I was in my mother's womb. Listen to me now. Uh, this is uh, 1943. My dad was 37 years old, very handsome, tall, uh, a he-man that worked on heavy equipment. But he uh, started uh, sleeping around with strange women and caught a venereal disease. It traveled up his spine and settled in his brain. He's 37 years old, dying a lunatic in an insane asylum. Now, my mother is pregnant with me. And the doctors consult with my mother, and here's what they said. The baby inside your belly will be afflicted with the same disease killing his father. And so my mother, not out of meanness, not out of malice, but out of mercy. She didn't want me to waddle away like my dad was. So here's what she did. This is my first experience with Jesus Christ. So help me, God. I'm in my mother's womb. My mother takes a coat hanger, turns it into a hook, opens her womb, inserts the coat hanger inside her body, and uh, so help me God, the hand of the Lord, it's in the Bible, he covered me in my mother's womb, pushed me aside, and kept my mother from extracting my life out. I'm telling you, my wife said, Bobby, 
I told my wife about it before my mother ever told me. And my wife said, Bobby, nobody could know what happened to him when they was a fetus. I said, me and John the Baptist do. But anyway, that was my first experience with the Lord. And then, oh, we had a time. We, we grew up absolutely as poor as you could be. My dad was dead. My brother was born crippled. My mother, had we, I had a sister two years older than me. And my mother, uh, we, we, she took in Washington ironies to get food and clothes. And we didn't have clothes like other people had. We had clothes made out of feed sack. What? This is 1943. Uh, the, the farmers would get their uh, feed in a sack that had declaration decorations on it and stuff. And when they would feed their cows, they'd give my mother the empty sacks. My mother would wash them, cut them up, and make her clothes. Oh, boy. So I know what it is to grow up uh, just in... in uh, I mean, rugged uh, uh, poverty. But in the middle of all that, we had a time. Good gracious. And this but story you that you're talking words? about. Uh, Tell me, I know there's some people saying, this is crazy. I don't know if I'm going to turn the channel. I'm just saying, stay, stay with this right now, because there's some stories yeah. that are going to be provable, uh, including resurrections yeah. and healings like you can't believe. But but you yeah. first started hearing from God and you heard the words, what? Don't don't get on the pony? Was that don't, what it was? Don't ride the pony. pony? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out in the front yard. I'm a little bitty boy, not big enough to go to school, just a little bitty top. And uh, I'm, I'm walking out there and a voice spoke to me very loud and said, don't get on the pony. We didn't have a pony. I didn't know anybody that did have a pony at that time. And the voice said, don't get on the pony. It froze me. I'll tell you, Janet, it froze me like this. I couldn't move. I couldn't move my hands, couldn't move my feet. And finally, uh, I could move. And I ran in the house. I ran into the, the, where my bedroom was and, and my brother. And I jumped in bed and pulled the cover up over my head. My brother said, what's wrong with you? And I said, don't get on the pony. He said, what pony? I said, I don't know. Don't get on the pony. Okay. Now here's what happened. A few days later, uh, my mother, I noticed she didn't seem happy and she got uh, our, uh, some little cardboard boxes down, put her clothes in it, folded them up, tied the cardboard boxes up. And my uncle, that was a car salesman, uh, he comes driving up in a brand new Mercury. Uh, 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 and my mother, they put the box of clothes in the trunk of the car. Me and my brother get in the back seat and uh, my, we start driving. And they, we drove and drove and drove. And we we had a, a, a little picnic away off in the, uh, we had a picnic. And uh, they, my mother had made us some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And in the middle of all this, uh, I could still hear, don't get on the pony. And I could, uh, I noticed my mother seemed sad. I didn't know what was up. I was just a little kid. So we drive some more and some more. And my uncle turns on the blinker and pulls down a driveway, uh, a, a long way down a driveway and pulled into a, a, a facility there. And here comes a lady leading a pony right to the car and opens the back door. And here's what the lady said, boys, get on the pony. We slid all the way over on the other side of the car. And me and my brother are screaming, no, no, we're not getting on the pony. And my mother started screaming and crying. She said, I can't do it. I won't do it. Turn this car around. What it was, they was carrying us to an orphan's home. They was carrying with, they were, and that's how they would take the children away from the parents. They'd put them on a pony and they would walk them away while the parents drove away. And that, that don't get on the pony saved our family from being fragmented. 
And so my mother carried us back home and oh boy. And, uh, but uh, I had a visitation where I saw the heavens open, a little bitty boy. I, uh, here's how it happened. You ready? Yes, Bobby. Yeah. Here it is. Now around me, you lose your breath. You'll lose your turn. I get paid to talk, so I'm talking. And here's what happened. Uh, uh, my brother and sister went to school. I'm a little bitty thing, and I'm mad. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been without one of my siblings to play with. And they're, so they're gone on a big old yellow school bus. I'm mad. So I said, I, I'm leaving. So I took off, and it seemed like I was two or three miles away, but I was actually probably five or 600 yards away uh, down behind my mother's house and under a tree. And I fall into that tree, put my face in my hands like that. I'm mad as a wasp. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been without somebody to play with. And here's what happened to me. I'm laying down on my belly with my face in my hands like that on the grass in, in Texas. And I, I said, well, I guess I'll have to be by myself. Watch out now. A wind started in the field over there and got in the top of the tree above me. And a voice, listen to me now, a voice spoke to me and said, uh, no, Bobby, you'll never be by yourself. See? When he said, see, the heavens rolled back just like a big scroll. And the I saw what looked like uh, horses running back and forth across uh, the sky in, in the heavens. But it was angels, but I'm a little boy from Texas, and they looked like burning horses. So I thought, oh, okay. So I thought, when my brother and sister get back, I'm going to tell them I could see into heaven. And so we, they got back from school and some of their little friends, and I told them, you know what? I was under the tree. A voice came. And, oh, boy, they laughed at me and mocked me. And I said to myself, I'll never tell anybody I could see in, into the heavens. But uh, God's got a plan. And so uh, pretty wild. And uh, uh, the Bible said that uh, uh, the way of the transgressor is hard. And uh, uh, I, I, I made some terrible, terrible choices. Uh, started drinking alcohol when I was sick, when I was eight years old. And uh, it was it, the moment, the moment I, well, actually, the first time I got drunk, a demon came into me, tried to kill me. Here I am called from my mother's womb to speak the gospel and hear prophetic things. And now here the devil is. I'm drinking shaving lotion, shoe polish, sniffing glue, breaking into hospitals, getting their drugs, putting it in a sack, taking a handful of it to see what would happen. And boy, Heidi, uh, we, we got I want to just interject here. That, but we got that, a good God. One Bobby, of my, I just boy, wanted, now, some I'll, of you say, well, I got, I got some kids that are acting crazy. I got some, well, here's what happened to me. Uh, listen, the Bible, here, here's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It said, I waited patiently upon the Lord. He inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the mirey clay. He set my feet upon a solid rock. He established my goings. He put a new song in my heart, even praise under our God. Many shall sin and fear and shall trust the Lord. That's what happened to me. I, I'm telling you uh, 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 that my family would say, here's what they, here's what my aunts and uncles and all of them, they would say, he'll be dead or in the penitentiary time he's 21. So I tried to live down to their expectation. But anyway, uh, here I am. Uh, I get, uh, I get uh, called to preach. Actually, uh, I got uh, my, my mother and my brother and my sister had, I came in from Houston. They tied me in the bed with bed sheets and would bathe me off with alcohol and ice cubes. Uh, I'd beg my brother to shoot me in the head. Say, I'm telling you, there's pleasure in sin, but for a season. And it, it, that's how I grew up. I grew up very, very, um, 
uh, hard, but I had this call in my life. And so God, God really just uh, opened the doors for me to start preaching. The guy that bought me my first preaching suit was the judge that used to lock me up the most. That's the, isn't that crazy? The, the judge that locked me up the most bought me my first preaching suit. Here's what he said to me. He came to me and said, Bobby, I'm a Methodist, and Methodists don't talk like this. Said, you know why I bought you that, that preaching suit? And Judge Winston Reagan was his name. I said, no, sir, I don't, but I appreciate it. He said, uh, I'm a Methodist. Methodists don't talk like this. A voice came to me and said, buy that suit. So I, that's pretty good. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus makes a real difference. He, I, I got born again. I, I almost killed myself. I was one click with my thumb away from hell. What had happened, they said, what you need, Bobby, is a wife, a kid, a, a white frame house. I got a wife and a kid and a job and a white frame house, but I was still empty on the inside. So my wife had got saved. My little boy was just a little blonde-headed boy. I carried him to church one night, let him out of church, probably 530 or 6 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, they go into church. And I, I, my little boy, he pulled his hand away from his mother, and uh, the wind caught his hair, and I, he waved at me like that. And I let my eyes drink it in because I never intended to see anybody again. I'm going to kill myself. I, I drove deep into Kickapoo Creek Bottom, reached on the seat of the car, got a double-barrel shotgun, put the two buckshot in me, snapped it shut, put the gun in the roof of my mouth, put my thumb on the trigger, push the safety off, and the car filled with demons. You may not think about demons. Demons are real. The devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He would if he could kill every one of us today. But I'll tell you, we got a, a redeemer. The Bible said no weapon formed against us will prosper. And right there, the demons are screaming, do it, do it now. I started shaking like a leaf, and I wasn't afraid of anybody. I put the gun on safety, threw it in the back seat of the car. I drove back to church that night, a First Baptist Church, Murkison, Texas. They had a German pastor named Paul Naus. A big old, had a German, big old head like an Appaloosa horse. And, and I'd meet him in the stores and I'd, cur I'd curse him and shove him. And he'd look at me with big old blue eyes and he'd say, Bobby, I love you. So I'd let my wife out and little boy out. And I'm sitting under the tree in the First Baptist Church, Murkison, Texas, out in their parking lot late at night now. I let them out about 6.30 or something like that. It's late at night. Uh, and most of the people have gone on this Wednesday night. And here's what happened. I'm sitting in that car, and I said, I tried everything the world had. I've had everything the devil could give you. And here's what I said. Jesus, if you would, would you change my life? Oh, man. Oh, man. I went from... Uh, Pale gray to vivid color. I am telling you, I got out of that car. I walked there, pulled the door of the church open, and it's late. And here's what I see. So help me. I see my wife, my little boy, uh, at a mourner's bench, an old-fashioned prayer bench in the church. There was Paul Nouse. There was Ron and Sharon Costin and a couple of more young Christian couples. And I hear them crying out, oh, God, oh, God, whatever it takes, save Bobby. See, uh, listen, you couldn't talk to me about God, but you could talk to God about me. And that's what happened. If they hadn't been praying for me, I'd shot myself in the head and I'd be in hell instead of here on the, the, the program today. But I'm telling you, the Bible said that God has a plan and his plan is to redeem us and save us. And he said, God, God would have all men to come to the knowledge of Christ. God is not willing that any should perish. So, okay, uh, that, that's part of, part of what happened. I got born again, got called to preach. 
And God, the night I got called to preach, the Lord said, Bobby, I'm going to send you around the whole world with the gospel. I said to him, bad chance. That means no way. But whew, I have wore out a stack of passports. We've been in places that, and God means what? What he says, and we're having the time of our life. I'm 80 years old, and you can't imagine the invitations that come. You can't imagine the things that we've got to see and behold. And I'll tell you about some of those stories after a while. You may not believe in the supernatural, but God is a supernatural God, and he wants you to walk in that supernatural power. You and I, are we're supposed to be doing the same work that Jesus did. That's what Jesus said. These works that I do, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Okay, so Jamie, I'm delighted to be with you. So you'll just have to jump in and go, oh, well, hold it. No. A couple uh, things I, I want to. I, I get paid to talk, and I could tell you some stories about uh, how the devil doesn't want me to talk, but I cut my tongue off playing football. What? Yes, yeah, I, I don't want to hear that story, Bobby. I love football. your stories. But I see, hate that I story. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> um, I want I wanted to say a couple things that, that, that uh, I wanted to point out. In your testimonies, I've heard you speak many times uh, about uh, uh, G- the, the baby was the, uh, the, the Sunday school teacher that said Jesus loves you, and there was a lie that came in. That turned your life yeah, oh, in the, the wrong devil, Yeah, they, you, they, they said, you know, oh, God loves you. And here I am in handmade clothes, no food. We're just as poor as we could be. And I thought, oh, he doesn't love me, but he does. Oh, he does love us. So, so that's the first slide. I, I, want, I want to just point then to you. Your life has changed. You're saved. You're preaching. At the, the, you know, the, the Methodist who doesn't hear from God heard from God to tell you to buy a suit, to tell him to buy a suit for you. Yeah. But the first few rows were who? Who sat in the first few rows? Police. Police would come because I was in and out of trouble a lot, and uh, the police would come to to see if it was really me. But uh, it was, really was me, and uh, I'm telling you, God will make a change. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become bright and brand new. I love it. It says Colossians 1, 13. He says he takes us out. He transfers us out of the kingdom of death and dullness and, and, and demons and puts us in the family of light, love, and liberation. It's the best journey any one of us can take. Well, I want to know what it looks like. So let's let's talk about some of the God stories. I, I can't wait to get All to right. it. Let's start with, you want to go start with Mexico or another miracle that stunned you? We've heard about some of those. What? Where do you want to start? I want to hear the God let's, stories. Let's, let's, let's start. Carolyn, you got any? Okay, Carolyn, you, you just go ahead. Okay, uh, I, I'll talk to you about uh, this lady raising from the dead. And uh, they, this, uh, I was preaching in the nursing homes. And you should, you know, more pa- more pastors we ought to spend more time with some of these uh, people that are shut in. They used to be like us. Their eyes bright and their hands strong. And we owe it to them to come, sit down beside their bed, read them the Bible, stroke their head. But anyway, I used to preach in this nursing home. And I get there and I notice the morgue's car, the, the undertaker's car was out there. And I get in there and the, the nurses were kind of, they, they said, oh, uh, Miss Shamlin's died and the, the family's back there and they're waiting to take the body. Would you go pray. So I go in there and oh, her son was 72 years old and never liked me at that time. And so there with all the kids and the grandkids and they're all crying and wailing because the patriarch has died. Uh, and I looked over there and there was a uh, the, the hospital bed and a little hump in the sheet. And uh, uh, so I was going to go pray. And I'm standing there, but I did want to pray over a hump in the sheet. So I reached over and pulled the cover off of the off of her corpse. Oh boy. Whew. 
I should have left the cover on because her head's laying off of the pillow and she's dark uh, gray, blue, and something has run out the side of her mouth. And, I'm, uh, and I thought to myself, I should cover back up, but I thought that wouldn't look good with the family. Uh, so I just left her laying there and I leaned over her like this now. And I said, dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the life of Miss Ada. When I said that, the life of Miss Ada, she resurrected from the dead, jumped up, grabbed me by the face, jerked my face down to her and started prophesying over me. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I'm telling wow. you, then when, <laughs> when she turned me loose, Janet, everybody in that room was screaming. Me, her son, all the grandkids, but she lived for months and uh, uh, she was happy as she could be. I was afraid of her, to be honest with you, because uh, she had been uh, in heaven and came back. But, you know what? He's, uh, he's the same. We've seen some marvelous things happen. We've, and he's uh, the same God uh, today. Uh, it, it resurrected in the Bible. He can do it again today. It, it, there's there's another case I want to get to before we hit the break, and that is the the boy that looked like he was outside the reach of God's hand. This is this oh, is the, my, yeah, the, the yeah. dwarf boy, right? Yeah, Car Carolyn, I was uh, in a meeting, and uh, I, I screamed, "God's power is here to heal!" and all of a sudden, uh, out of my peripheral vision, I looked there, and there was this little boy. Uh, he was he was grotesque. He didn't. He looked like an alien. Something was wrong with his skull, and his eyes hung out like this. And he was a uh, his hands was almost dragging the ground. A little dwarf looking, and boy, uh, it took my breath. Honestly, I looked at him, and oh, he's pitiful. Didn't even look like a human being. Looked like somebody drawing a, a cartoon character. And so here's what I just got so screaming, God's power is here to heal. And I looked at this little boy, and here's what I said to him. I'll never forget it. I said, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And he looked at me with those eyes that, that was not even fitting in the socket. They kind of rolled up like a lizard eyes. And he looked at me, and here's what he said out of his little mouth. I'm down here, ain't I? And God said, that's the best answer you'll ever get. Or, do you believe Jesus can heal you? I'm down here, ain't I? I put my hand on his head. He falls over, and his skull begins to push out like this. His face began to become a, a, a face like a regular little boy. And uh, months later, we come back, and he's he's already filling out and growing. He runs, runs up to us and was hugging on us like this. I'm telling you, there's nobody so far gone that Jesus can't change their life. And so that little boy, he went from an alien looking to a regular, normal uh, young person. And I, I'm so thankful. Uh, wow. I'll tell you, can I, can I tell you one more? Sure. Or you want to wait for another break? Yeah, we've got, we've, got a, we've got a minute before we go to the break. Go ahead. Oh, here we go. I'm down in, I'm in Mexico City in the Civic Center there. They said there were 72,000 people there, and they're, they're coming forward for prayer. And I, I, I've got two of my guys with me, Rod and Todd, and uh, here comes a father carrying his little daughter on his arm like this. But the father's eyes was pleading with me like, I need help. I need help. And the little girl, I could just see one side of her face, and she was beautiful, a little bitty thing, dark raven black hair and, and dark eyes. And then all of a sudden, uh, the father, she, she turns, and now I can see the other side of her face. She don't even have a face on that side. Oh, man, I can feel it while I'm talking to you now. Uh, she, she didn't even have, you could see inside her mouth. You could see saliva running down the side. She was born without uh, any, any, any 
face there. It was horrible. And in the long run, God grows her a face. God said, I said, what are you going to do? He said, I want you to stick your hand and your thumb in the hole and move your thumb. And God grew her a face. I'm telling you, she was so little and young then, she'll never remember being deformed. But God, God did a mighty work for her there in that civic center in Mexico City. Bobby Connor, who uh, who preaches all over the world, uh, he's told youth uh, really the, the the questions they've asked is is he real, and uh, and is, and and can I do it? Is this book real, and can I do it? The answer is yes, and yes, and the so answer is yes, yes. The Bible right. and the, is real, and you and, and we'll, we can do what and, it says. And we'll take your calls when we come back at seven one nine six one nine twenty three forty one. Talk with Bobby Connor. When we come back, uh, this is exciting stuff, uh, but it's all real. That's the crazy thing. Living like the book of Acts. We'll be right back. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Janet Porter filling in here at the Truth and Liberty live call-in program. Uh, we're waiting to hear from you. Uh, these are crazy, crazy stories, um, but um, but they're true. So you can uh, you can ask Bobby and see what it is that uh, that that he's got that maybe we need. Uh, I, I I can't wait to hear more. But we want to hear from you. The number. 719-619-2341. I wanna before we get into more God stories, I just think there's a lot of people that are 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 feeling the weight of all that's going on in this world. It's just it's just like looking at our country burning down. And Bobby, you've yes. got some words from God that that may help people right now. I know I I could use another dose of of your uh, God encouragements as well as your God stories. Tell us tell us even about the year 2024. Is this uh, a year of war? Is this the year of more? What is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh- this this is an absolutely fresh new story. Uh, December the 13th, uh, we have a home in Texas. And so my wife and I were there and my son and grandson. And uh, we were in, in, the, uh, in the house. I'm sitting in a chair. It's almost 7 o'clock. And I'm waiting on the news to come on. And the Lord said to me, hey, Bobby, do you know what year this is? And I go, yes, it's 2024. He said, no, no, no. He said, do you know what year it is in the Hebrew calendar? I said, no, I don't. And he said, do you want to know? I said, yes, I do. He said, it's a year of the open door. I said, okay. 
2024 is the year of the open door. He said, that's correct. So I just said, okay, that's good information. Lean back in the chair like this, and then I have a, a vault, a safe, that had been inoperable for six years. I'd had guns, I'd had uh, safes, uh, people come out, couldn't fix it, and then and anyway, hadn't been open for six years. And I'm sitting there in that chair, and the Lord said, okay, it's the year of the open door, get up and go open your safe. I thought, okay, I didn't even tell my wife then what I was going to do. I got up, walked out of the room, walked down the hall, went to the, the room where the safe was, and I, I leaned out, and I didn't get to punch and manipulate the, the keyboard. As I reached out and just barely uh, to touch it, boom, it popped open. Hadn't been open in six years. We'd had uh, specialists come out there and try to manipulate it. It popped something like that. I am shocked. So I go back in there and my wife and then go, what in the world happened? I said, you're not going to believe it. The safe opened. And so we go in there and inside the safe, I had a, a safe box. It's a big old heavy box with a lock on it. So I get that box out and I unlock it. And it has some uh, uh, jewelry and some paperwork and stuff like that. And, and one thing it had in there was a Rolex watch. Now listen to me. I, I bought this watch years ago. It hadn't been touched for six years with a human hand. It's been locked away in this vault safe that wouldn't work. And uh, I, I, I pulled the little Rolex watch out and look at it. And the Lord said, look at the time. And I looked at the time, look at the date, and it was the same date and the same time as as it really was. It kept perfect time. It was the date and the time was absolutely perfect. And so my son said, "Woo!" And they googled uh, the the Rolex company, and the Rolex company said, "No, that's impossible. We don't engineer them like that. We engineer them to run two to six days without manipulation, and no human being had touched it." And I'll tell you what. So not only is it the year of the open door, it's the year of redeeming the time. I'm telling yeah. you. Well, I'm telling you, this is a time to wake up out of our sleep. It's in the Book of Romans. It said that knowing what a critical hour this is, how it is high time now for us to wake out of our slumber. It says, "Rouse." To reality. And Janet, if any group on earth needs a reality check, it's the church. I'll tell you, it's a poor pastor that looks at the congregation and says, everything's fine. No, it's not. Truth has fallen in the street. And the Bible said, truth has fallen in the street. And because truth has fallen in the street, there's no justice. We've got to rescue truth so truth can rescue us. You say, what do you mean truth's fallen in the street? Well, I'm going to be frank. When a pastor stands up and says, it's all right for a man to marry a man, truth is in the street. It's all right for a woman to marry a woman, truth is in the street. we got to rescue truth so truth can rescue us. The Bible said when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide us in all truth, the whole truth, the full truth. We need the truth. We need to, we need to have that anointing of the sons of Issachar, knowing the times and the seasons and the purposes and activities of God. This is not a time to go, oh, everything's okay. No, we're, we're just this close to World War III, and the devil wants to kill as many people as he can. Looks like we lost your audio there for a second. You still there, Bobby? While we're uh, waiting for him to unfreeze, I'm going to give the phone number out. It's 719-619-2341. You can be a part of this conversation with uh, just this uh, rock star of the faith, Bobby Connor. And the number again, 719-619-2341. Uh, while we're waiting, let's go to Alfred calling from Colorado. So glad you're here, Alfred. 
Hi, Janet. Thank you for allowing me to speak. And, and Bobby, thank you for your passion. Uh, I just wanted to share a little bit about myself. Uh, I have defeated many demons myself, and stage four blood and bone cancer was one of them. And Praise Bell the Lord. was another one. And uh, again, I just, um, Bobby's energy is just so passionate. I can feel it through the TV. And I just, I love that because um, that's where I'm at right now in my life is just very passionate about the Lord. And, um, and, and I love your guys' um, program, Truth and Liberty. And I just want to tell you that I'm supporting you guys and all that you do. So thank you. So thank you. I sure appreciate it. While we're working on the technical uh, end of this to get him connected, uh, I will say this, that, that there's a lot of gloom and doom out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of signs. I mean, just look at the news. It's, it's not good where we are at this time. But uh, we're not going to be like those who uh, cause people's hearts to melt in fear uh, and be discouraged because um, we're going to keep our eyes on God. And that's one of the things Bobby is focused on to make sure. In fact, I'm on a, a board meeting with uh, we go to a roundtable uh, and meet uh, in, uh, in in South Carolina with Bobby. And sometimes the conversation goes to the negative and and uh, they start talking gloom and doom. And, and my contribution is. What do you think, Bobby? And he always brings it back to God, always brings it back to hope. That's one of the things I love about him. Uh, and so uh, we've got Dodie on the line. I think we've got Bobby back, too. Are you there, Bobby? Fantastic. Before we uh, before we, uh, we 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 go to you, I just want to invite uh, Dodie. She is uh, Andrew Womack partner. Uh, we're so grateful. Uh, calling from Louisiana. And uh, go ahead, Dodie. Welcome to the call. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, Brother Bobby. I met you Hello. about 20 years ago in Fort Worth. I lived in Fort Worth for a long met time. 20 years ago in Fort Worth. Yeah, and I still yeah, remember, do you remember and tell, pe tell people, people all the time that I want my knife back. <laughs> your story about that's losing a, your knife. Yeah, that's a request. We, we want to hear that story there, Bobby. That's you a got good another one. question too, Dodie? Did you have another I question do. too? I do. I visit nursing homes. I also helps Brother Don Dickerman in Fort Worth with deliverance. And I don't know what to do in the nursing home. I go over there two or three days a week. It's so full of unbelief. I ask the Holy Spirit to point people out. I don't seem to get anything specific, so I just try to love on them. <laughs> any any specifics, any any advice, any push on the back, I I just like I just try to figure out how to really touch them. Bobby? Okay. Give them the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And just give them the love of God. And like, like I said, you don't have to preach like Billy Graham or anything. You can just sit down there and stroke their, stroke them, their face, touch them, and uh, let them feel the love of God. And uh, the Word of God is very, very powerful. And they may seem like they're even comatose, but speak the Word over them. And the Word of God is quick and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So, uh that's what I do. Just love on them and tell them the truth. I, I also wanted to add something to that. Uh, I wrote about it in one of my books, uh, uh, True to Life, where I had a friend. She would go to nursing homes uh, starting to visit with her grandmother. And where grandmother passed away, uh, she kept going because she made friends with the other people in the nursing home. But she said what she did is she brought a puppy 
some people are dog people, some people are cat people, but she she brought a puppy one day and there was a guy who hadn't talked to anybody in six weeks. And oh. and and he started petting this pet puppy and 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 says, I remember we had one of the a puppy on the farm and and some, you know, some like cats better, but, but it was an icebreaker. It was it was somebody showing some connection, some human connection to uh yes. to a pet they had in the past or something like that. But it was a way to uh, to introduce a, a conversation, the gospel to talk about memories. And uh, I remember the nurse saying, you know, he hasn't spoken to anybody in months. Uh, no one's come to oh. see him, but he lit up. And I just thought that was something worth uh, worth remembering. Uh, if yes. if uh, you, can, you, can, you can borrow one of those, that'd be kind of cool. And I want to I get to the story of, I want my knife back. This is the second time someone's brought this up today. Uh, give, us, oh. give us that story if you would, Bobby. Okay, Bob Jones, he's in heaven watching this uh, program tonight. Uh, uh, Bob Jones gave me a little bitty knife, not a fancy one, not some kind of a, a heirloom, just a little pocket knife. But I loved it because he wanted me to have it, and I'd carry it around with me uh, in, in the hotels, and I, you know, I'd, I'd peel apples and oranges and stuff like that, and, and I'd always uh, put it in my shaving kit. And then when I'd get back to the house, I'd do undo my shaving kit and put all the stuff up and get my knife back. All right, I get there and I left my knife back at a hotel room on the nightstand. And I thought, oh man. But uh, anyway, I got them to go in there and check the room. Couldn't find the knife, it was gone. And so there I am and I'm bummed out. Uh, the knife wasn't a valuable knife, but it was precious to me as a gift. So I'm there and uh, uh, there's, here's what I said. Standing beside the bed, I screamed it out. I want my knife. When I screamed out, hey, I want my knife, something appeared in the air about three feet above the bed and fell, fell down on the bed. It was my knife. And so Bill Johnson heard me preach about that. And Bill Johnson preached about, hey, I want my knife. And there's stacks of, of testimonies about people that said, hey, and, and made a declaration. They got back what they were had lost or were looking for. And it, it's pretty wild. One one couple, uh, they had lost some, they made jewelry and they had lost a very valuable piece of jewelry. He told me, he said, Bobby, three times I took everything out of my safe drawer, no jewelry. And then I remembered your, hey, I want my knife. And he screamed, hey, and they pulled back open the safe drawer. There was a, there was a, the, the bracelet or jewelry, whatever they'd made. And pretty wild. It is just really amazing. And we, I, I think we need to learn more about the power of proclamation. That Job 22, 28. What, Bobby? Job 22, 28. I'll tell it to you in Texican. And then I'll tell it to you in biblical verbiage. Here it is, Texican. Make up your mind what you want. Tell God what that is, and he'll get it for you. That's Job 22, 28. Here it is in the, in the language. And you shall decide a thing. Then you decree what you decided, and the Lord will establish it, and the light of his favor will shine upon your pathway. we got to start decreeing what we want, and, 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 and God will move on our behalf when we make proclamations. We have not because we ask not. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, it'll be open for you. God wants to show himself stronger than you could imagine. And um uh, there's story after story after story. Uh, and Bill Johnson made it famous because uh, uh, he told about it over and over and over. But mighty miracles happen when we make declarations. And that's what we got to do. we got to decree a thing so it'll be established, okay? Well, you know, one of the things that that I think people that are watching saying these these things sound a little bit uh, out there, Bobby. But but if you realize, we've got this book 
All right. And we can have everything in it. Well, you know, I, I think that a lot of Christians grow up and they think that being a Christian is all the things you're not allowed to do. But it's really the amazing things, the impossibilities that we can see happen. Um, and and yes. and and every promise in this book belongs to us. I just I just want to take us from the guy that hears from God even as a child and sees visions. You know, not everybody's like that. I I I I envy that. I covet that. I mean, uh, I, I know you're not supposed to covet, but I do. I I, I want that. How do normal people that don't have your superpowers, how is it that that we can hear from God with clarity and with certainty? What's the what's the I'm solution? Reading about Matthew 13, 16 and 17. Matthew 13, 16 and 17 says Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. Many long to see what you see and couldn't. Many deeply desire to hear what you hear, and we're not permitted. We're a very privileged people, uh, Janet, because God wants to speak to us. John 10, 3 says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. John 10, 27 said, they'll flee, they'll they'll run away from other voices because they don't know it. And that's what we got to do. The Bible says, acquaint now thyself with God, be at peace, and good will come to you. Get to know God. How do we get to know people? Spend time with them. Psalms 46, 10 and 11 says, be still and know that I am God. And we've got to learn to get in the presence of God and let the presence of God get into us. Boy, the Lord visited with me, and and here's what he said. Uh, he he said, uh, what are your plans for moving the church from simply surviving to divinely thriving? And I thought, oh, my. What is and so anyway, I thought, well, I don't think I have a plan. And then here, here's what I said. Here's my plan. My plan is to wait for Almighty God to reveal to me his plan, and then I'm going to do everything within my power to fulfill what he shows me to do. And the angel said, good answer, good answer. And so uh, here's, a, here's a verse that he gave me, Psalm 16, 11. You will show me the pathway of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Get into the presence of God and let the presence of God get into you. And that's what, that, what, that's what will sustain us. Thy word was found and it's light. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. Psalms 119 verse 130 says, the entrance, the penetration of his word gives light. It gives me a grasp and a comprehension of the ways of God. So if you want to be used of God, get to know God. Uh, get to know the anointings of God, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You will be a witness unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the very earth. Now, yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to study the Word of God. Psalms 46, 10 and 11 says, be still and know that I'm God. Daniel 11.32b says, but the people that do know their God, they're going to display strength and take action. So the devil knows that verse, Daniel 32b. And so one of his motives and methods is to keep us so busy, we don't spend time with God. And I want you to start spending time in the Word of God and the Word of God in your in you, because I'm telling you, uh, you the Word of God is not print on paper. It's a person. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so if you're going to get to know God, get into the Word of God. And I, here's your verse about the Word of God. You ready? Yes. Joshua 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It said, the words of this book, the law of the book, shall not depart from your mouth. 
You shall meditate upon it day and night, and it will guarantee you overwhelming success. Now, that's a wild verse. If, if you want to be a flop, stay out of the Bible. If you want overwhelming success, get into the Word of God. Here's a great verse for you. I, I'm telling you, you want a promise from God? Psalms 84, 11. Psalms 84, 11 says, He'll be a sun and a shield to us. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those that are walking upright. He will give us present day favor, future glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. We stay on in touch with God. We're going from one dimension of glory to the next. And so and we're that's gonna, Psalms 84, 11. And we're going to go to the phones. I want to, I want to interject uh, one thought. I, I had asked a friend of mine, Joe Shrewsbury, I said, how, how can I hear from God? How do I want to hear from God more? How can I hear from him? And his answer to me was, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Also, turn be off your still. phone. That's, that's, be that's still before the, him. Yeah, and I'll get, I want to throw in one more Bobbyism before we go to Suzanne on the phone. But but it it was if you want to hear from God, um, then when you think you've heard from Him, swift and complete obedience is that what yeah. is that not part of what your advice yeah. is, Bobby? After preaching fifty five years, five times a week, I'm telling them I'm living proof. Practice won't make perfect, but people will go, Bobby, do you have any advice for me? Here it is. The best advice I could give any of you is swift and complete obedience. Do as quickly as you can, as thoroughly as you can, anything God asks you to do. And then he told me, he said, you remind my people, half-hearted obedience is nothing but cloaked rebellion. So we got to do as, as, as thoroughly as we can, as quickly as we can, anything and everything he asks us to do. Whatever Hold on, he asks Suzanne. us to do is to glorify the Lord. I've got one more Bobbyism I got to fit in there. And that is when it comes to seeking God, what does God think about multitasking? Yeah, I, I was I preached for weeks and, and well, actually months on seeking the Lord, seek the Lord while it may be found, call upon Him, and the Lord pointed His finger at me and said, "I'll just say it." But He said, "You tell my people when it comes to seeking Me, I detest multitasking." Woo! See, if we're going to seek Him, we need to give Him our total attention. We need to set our focus on him. And that's what we got to do. The devil wants to get us looking out at all the chaos, all the calamities. No, no, man's heart shall fail you doing that. Look up. That will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. Said, trust in the Lord Jehovah, and the Lord Jehovah is everlasting, never failing strength. So uh, he wants us to seek him. And here's the way you do it, Janet. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. If you're going to seek the Lord, Matthew 6, verse 6 says, get in the quietest room of your house and shut the door. And because our generation, our culture, we detest silence. We've got to have something on, something in, clicking on. Let's get still before the Lord. Search me, O God, and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in a way that's eternal and everlasting. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they became the rejoicing of my heart. Get into the Word of God. It will help you. It'll liberate you. It'll be a rock. It says, no firmer foundation can any man lay than that which is laying in Christ. It said, if we build upon the sand, the rains will come, the winds will blow, our house will disintegrate. But if we build upon the solid rock, the teachings and the precepts and the principles of Jesus, the rains will come, the winds will blow, but our house will stand. Isn't, isn't that amazing? And I, I want is. you to get into the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. It's a sword. It's a weapon against the devil. Do you remember every time the devil would tempt Jesus in Matthew 4, Jesus would say, it is it written. Is. And so my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we've got to get the Word of God in us. 
Awesome. Let's go to Texas next. And I want to thank you, Suzanne, for your patience. Uh, go ahead. You're you're on the line. You're on the air with us. Hi, Brother Bobby. It's Love You, Bert. God bless you. God bless you, too. I just felt like I was supposed to call in. And I know there are a lot of people hearing a bunch of crazy stories, but I just want to tell everybody that I've known you and Carolyn for almost 50 years. You were my pastor, pastors right. for well, you still are kind of, but for 20 solid years, and I've been there. So I just want everybody to know <laughs> everything you're saying is true, and it and there's more. There's more that, that you haven't you haven't even tipped the iceberg yet. But anyway, what's your favorite story, Suzanne? Which one do we want to? Well, you want to hear what? Which one do you want to talk about right now? I'll get Bobby mentioned here. Well, one one that is just absolutely hilarious uh, is the one where. They used to harass his mother and tie tricycles onto the back of her car and, and <laughs> go down the highway like 60 miles an hour. Oh, my. <laughs> yep. That happened. Yes. You need to tell that story. That is so was... funny. But, but anyway, I love you, and I just wanted to tell you that I'm listening, and I wanted everybody to know that truer than true it's realer than real i've li i've lived it with you guys for 50 years and i just really hope everybody you know can really tune in and open open up and believe that god really is this supernatural and we can live the same same life okay that's all i sure appreciate it you know i want that, that reminds me of uh, appreciate the call. It reminds me of of when Carolyn, who's really an unsung hero in this story, uh, your beautiful wife, who said to you something along the lines of, "If you ever fake this, I'll be the first one to tell That's anybody." That's exactly about what she said. Here's what, she, what said. she said. She said, "Bobby, I'll follow you anywhere God leads you. I'll do anything God asks you to do. You ever get weird and start faking this, I'll be the first person to expose you." Isn't that wonderful? Still mean it. That she still means it. Come here just a second. Peek in there, Carolyn. She's right here. Uh, listen, there she is. This is this is Carolyn. But uh, everybody calls her Mimi. Uh, all the grandkids call her Mimi, and uh, the the little grandkids well, they're grown now, but they they just realize Mimi can do anything. And hey, so Mimi. I'll tell you what, uh, I I just want a story request. What's what's one of the God stories that uh, that that's one of the favorites? You got one? Yes. Which, which, she wants a God story. You got something you can tell them? Hey, we're still together 59 years. 59 years. Been married 59 years. This 59 year. years. Yes. And what did, oh, what did you say to him? Is anything too counseling. hard for the Lord? <laughs> yeah. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. That's right. My favorite verse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's what I tell people if they, uh, all you got to do to have a successful marriage is you say, I do, and yes, dear. You missed that. Dr. Field couldn't even help you. <laughs> uh, I want Fantastic. people to start enjoying Jesus, don't you? He's the happiest man ever lived. Now, let me, let me, can I tell you something? Jesus appeared to me and he was just really about two feet away from me and he was sad looking. And he's not sad. I can show you in the Bible, he's the happiest person ever lived. He was anointed with all the gladness far above all of his brothers, all the other people on earth. And here's what happens. He looked at me straight in the eye and said, Bobby, my people don't like to talk to me. He said the least attended service in any church is prayer meeting. And that's statistically correct. The least attended service in any church is prayer meeting. 
Then the Lord looked at me and his whole countenance changed. And he looked almost as like his eyes were just sparkling. He said, but I'm going to give you a phrase, a statement that'll turn prayer from a duty to a desire, from a drudgery to a delight. I said, I want it, Lord. I want it. And he said, you tell my people what true prayer is. Here it is. True prayer is an audience with the king. So I wrote a whole book about it. I wrote a book about it. See, the disciples never said, Lord, teach us to preach. Not a time. Teach us to heal. No. What did they ask? Lord, teach us to pray. And we need to, we need to see the model prayer. After this manner, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so we gotta, we got to get into the prayer and let prayer get into us, okay? Audience um, with the king. No potentate on earth gives an open on Come. We can come to him anytime, any place, anywhere. There's an open audience with the king. Amazing. You know, it seems just because we can't see it. We don't realize we're in a we're in a war that that we can't see. Right? There's there are angels, there are demons, they're all real. Everything in this book is true. And when we talk about the power of prayer, it seems that's one of the targets that the enemy has. You've had some experience where you see the enemy has actually infiltrated church intercessory uh, prayer groups. So I just want to give a little yes. taste of of that. This is something to be to be on the watch for. Yeah, um, this I'll just tell the honest, straight story. We were in a ministry there, uh, and they were uh, people lined up, and we we're coming down the line praying for people. And boy, God was moving, and just it was wonderful. And I, I could see a young man down about uh, eight or ten people uh, to my right, and he's tall. But the Lord was showing me that he's uh, was having uh, cancer and some raging cancer in the upper part of his uh, uh, lungs. And so the Lord said, "I'm going to heal him." But there was an old, older lady behind him. Now, listen to me. An older lady behind him, and she was uh, praying, uh, speaking in tongues, but my spirit would turn away like that. And so I said, Lord, what is that? He said, uh, she's cursing you in a tongue. And so I told the pastor that, I, I, that was behind me. I said, sir, the Lord said that woman there praying in tongues is cursing us. And he said, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. She's the leader of our intercessory prayer team. Now, this, this, well, I can't say uh, what she said, but when I got up there, the, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to command her to speak in English what she's speaking in this unknown language. And uh, I won't use the word, but it starts with F. And that's what she said. I said, I command you to speak. And she said, F you and F your Jesus. And the pastor turned white on the sheet, blew around the mouth. He said, what are we going to do? I said, let's take her off the prayer team, don't you think? That's a good idea. Hey, we're going we're gonna to open up the phones again, 719-619-2341. Let's uh, have a conversation with you and Bobby Connor when we come back. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. Just being a part of this 
uh, being filled with the Word of God and with army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Welcome back. I'm Janet Porter filling in for, uh, I don't know who's supposed to be here normally, but I'm glad I'm here today. Uh, we have Bobby Connor, one of my favorite people in the world. These stories sound crazy. Uh, it's like reading the book of Acts talking to this guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just I just love him. Bobby Connor is is uh, one of the rock stars of the faith, and I want to uh, be more like him when I grow up. Uh, one of the things, though, I, I, I had a whole list of news stories. They sent them to me, Bobby, and it's really great. I talked about, you know, the, the cyber attacks that are maybe coming in the all of the the, the signs of, of of what's happening but I I don't want to give the giant report today I don't want to give the gloom and doom and and uh, I want to I want to speak of hope because uh we have hope that's what sets us apart from the world is it that's not what it says yes it says hope deferred makes the heart sick but when it comes it's a wellspring of life and that's what he says we got to understand one day can change everything. And it says in the book of Psalms 30, verse 5, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. And that's what God wants his people to do. He wants us to get ourselves a, a prepared to embrace the dawning of a new day. And he said to tell the people, your spiritual tomorrow will not look like today. One of the biggest words across the body of Christ is going to be awestruck. God's going to show up and show off in such a dimension, we're awestruck. You say, well, Lord, uh, what does that word awestruck mean? Like John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos. He, he, he was as close to Jesus as any human. He got to lay his head on the chest of Jesus and hear the rhythmic heartbeat of the Lamb of God. But now he's on the Isle called Patmos. He's a, a prisoner in a penal colony. And they, they think he's around 98 years old. And there he is, best friend Jesus had. And it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a voice. And I'm going to teach you something. God will usually start with the token before he'll give you the treasure. Mo Moses saw a bush burning token, turned aside, got to lead that children of Israel out. John the Revelator, here's a voice, token, turns, and he sees the ruling, reigning redeemer. And I'm telling you, you got to write the book of Revelation. So God will start with the little thing to see if you're really uh, uh ready to take the bigger thing. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. God wants you to hold on to hope. Get your heart full of the word of God. When the devil comes in and tries to say, no, you say, no, this is what the Bible says. The Bible said, we're the head, not the tail. We're above only, not beneath. Can I give you a verse? I got a yes. verse here sitting, sitting on with this. The Lord God shall open to you his good treasures, the heavens to give the rain upon your land and in his season and to bless all the works of your hands and you shall lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow and the Lord shall make you what? The head and not the tail and you will be what? Above all and only will not be ashamed. Deuteronomy 28, 12 and 13. You're the Bobby, head and not the tail. Say, you're above only not does me. It, we got to understand more about who we are. 
question is, does it say in the word that unless times are tough and, and inflation is out of the control and, and all, does it, does it have any stipulations on that? Or is that like a promise? An iron oh, yeah. it's a, when God, God's word is a promise, it says this, forever, O God, thy word is settled in heaven. It says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And remember, Jesus would fight against the devil. Therefore, the devil would uh, tempt him. He'd say, it is written. It is written. It is written. We've got to understand what's written in the word of God. And you said, well, Bobby, it seems so, uh, it's so hard. No, it's not. It says the way of salvation is so simple that a wayfaring fool need not ear therein. I said, God, give me that in Texican. It says the way of salvation is so simple that a wayfaring fool need not ear therein. So I said, give that to me in Texican. Here, here it is. It says, uh, the way of salvation is so simple that if you've got enough sense to get home, you've got enough sense to get saved. And so don't don't think it's complicated. It's simple. That if by you the confess way, with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. By the way, yeah. we were uh, hearing you speak, my husband and I, when he says, if you can't, if you can't, you know, if you can find your way home, then you can be saved. It's that simple. And he looked at me and said, oh, no, because I'm I'm kind of known for not uh, for not finding my way home. I, I, I haven't uh, mastered the whole uh, the whole uh, uh you know, uh, finding directions, even with the phone and the GPS. But, hey, we're going to go to the phones. Missouri is calling Elizabeth, who is a subscriber. We're very grateful for you, and we're glad you're on the line with us. Welcome. I'm very grateful for you, too, and I wanted to say thank you. And, Janet, I want to thank you so much for your amazing fight for the unborn. I just appreciate it, and I know so many other people appreciate you and all you're doing. And I want to thank you. I want to thank Bobby Connor for the amazing encouragement and the amazing energy. He's getting me really fired up, and I needed that. So thank you so much, Bobby Connor. It's so good to see you. God bless you. Fantastic. I want to echo what she says about Janet Porter. She's a warrior. She is absolutely fearless, and we need more of her. We really do. We need that kind of resolve. One time when I was playing football, the pro, the coach says, one thing about Connor, he's got tenacity. I didn't know what I had. I thought maybe that he had the older and had failed me or something. But Janet Porter has tenacity. She's not going to give up. She's not going to throw the towel in. She's fighting a good fight. And I'll tell you, uh, God is using her, and we're going to see multitudes and millions of innocent lives spared because of her tenacity not to give in, not to give up. And I want you to pray for her. And Lord, we do. We pray for Janet and her family. And Lord, we pray for angels of heaven to encamp around about her. And I pray you'll bless the works of her hands and the desires of her heart. In Jesus' mighty name, give her the desires of her heart for these, these, this breakthrough that we need for to stop abortion, stop mutilating our children. Lord, we thank you that you want us to take a stand. We want to be bold and brave. Janet, it says in the in, in, in the Bible, arise, you princes, and oil the shields, because a deadly foe is at the gate. I'm telling you, uh, we have got to understand we're at war. Now, uh, you say, well, Bobby, uh, what do you mean we're at war? Well, you cannot have Christianity and communism. That's that's one thing. And uh, we've been having some dismantling of America like we knew. And uh, the America we're in right now, uh, our forefathers never dreamed we'd be facing what we're facing. But I'll tell you what, we're not facing it alone. 
And the Bible said, being confident of this very thing, he that hath begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of Christ Jesus. I tell people, he's author and finish. You're not author. Oops. Aren't you glad he's not up there in heaven going, never saw that coming. I want you to know something, beloved. God is in charge and God is all powerful and he's going to show up and show off. We're going to be stunned and we're going to say, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? It's going to be the bride prepared for the bridegroom. And we're, he's not going to come for us till he comes to us. By the way, I just want to interject. Thank you for the, the kind words and for the prayer. And we pray also for Andy Schlafly, uh, the son of the great Phyllis Schlafly, uh, who is the one who led the charge against the Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, this man is, uh, is, is drafting the case right now that I believe is what's going to be used to turn this whole thing around. And I'm, I'm trusting and I'm praying that we have a case that will not only uh, turn this abortion until birth and child yes. gendered mutilation uh, uh, initiative, uh, not only to defeat it completely and soundly for all in Ohio, but throughout the nation as they've got now 11 yes. states queued up to, uh, to target yes. next. Things, are, things are, are, are dark right now now in the world. But uh, Isaiah 60 yes. seems to have something to say about that. I don't know if you want to comment yeah. about it, but um, yeah, there is arise, hope in the midst of darkness. It says, it says, arise from the depression, frustration, circumstances have kept you in. It's time to rise and shine. And we're supposed to be the light of the world, a city set on the hill that cannot and will not be hidden. I want us to get, uh, I want us to get full of faith and courage. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who infuses inner strength into me. It says, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiencies. And I'm telling you guys, we need to find out more about who God says we are. It says, laboring together with God as God's fellow helpers. That's what we, he chose us. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you in eternity past to live in the present, to forge the future. Uh, and we've got to get in and find out God has something specific and special for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. I read Ephesians 2.10 out of every English translation I could find. It says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God, before ordained, would conduct ourselves in them. So I'm telling you, God created things for you to do before he created you. And you know, it says in Psalms 139, all of our days are written in God's book before we ever lived a single one of them. And it says, we're wonderfully and fearfully made, knit together. That's that's how they understand that these, these embryos in, in, the, in the buckets, they're alive, they're, they're people. We're, that's what it says. Uh, you can study Psalms 139. We're wonderfully and fearfully made. We're knit together in the secret place. And so anyway, I am so thankful for Janet Porter and for all that she's doing and has done. And I, I want to see her multiplied, multiplied more and more warriors that'll well, take a stand for truth and say, we don't care about this, uh, this uh, tri uh, society that's trying to take, we, we care about it, but we're not going to let that rock our life. We're going to take a bold stand. And we're going to be bold and brave and very courageous. We're going to go do what we're called to do because we're not going by ourselves. Jeremiah 20, 11 says, The Lord is with me as a mighty warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and fail, and they will have eternal shame. I said that word to a man called Donald Trump. Jeremiah 20, 11. Uh, I'll tell you, it says, These persecutors will have eternal shame. Eternal isn't that amazing? Said so they will not prosper. Okay. So anyway, you know, I want us to take a stand. 
One, one of the things I wanted to interject in this, uh, a couple of things. One is, is uh, you mentioned uh, President Trump. Um, I, I actually sent him a letter recently, um, and I know that there's some people that are giving him some bad counsel. If you want something to pray, pray godly counsel uh, is, is given to yeah. him. Um, we don't want to. We don't want a 16-week abortion ban. We don't want a 15-week abortion mm -hmm. ban. If you're looking for a compromise, we want to protect them from the moment of fertilization. They want to abort them until birth and beyond. But at least, yeah. at least, we can protect every child whose heartbeat can be heard. And the letter that I sent to the president said. There are right now in America 20 states that protect children from conception or from the heartbeat, which is nine out of 10 babies. There's 20 yeah. states that makes up 210 electoral votes. This is not this is not the group of people you want to turn your backs on. And so I just would yeah. just encourage people to pray for the president. And there's some, Bobby, I think that are sitting on the couch and they're saying, well, how do I get it? I, I don't know how to do this kind of thing. But I, I do know this. You can't steer a parked car. You got to move in the direction. And sometimes the, the call is the need. You see a need and you and you step out in an obedience to God, and He'll give you the next right turn and, and the next uh, the next move to make, won't He? Yes, we cannot stagnate. We, we got to go from one dimension of glory to the next. The Bible said it this way: As we behold Him, the ruling, reigning Redeemer, with an unveiled face. We're changed from one dimension of glory to the next. So I said, Lord, show me the veil over the body of Christ. And here it is. It's tradition. That, that's, that's what's keeping us from seeing the Lord in his majesty. It says it's the only thing I've ever found in the Bible more powerful than the Bible. Teaching for con the commandments of the traditions of men and making the word of God of none effect. We've got to teach the truth, haven't we? And we've got to have preachers that'll teach the people the vast difference between the profane and the holy, the worthwhile and the worthless. Still the time number to get one in question on the... I get asked, guess what it is, Janet? That's it. The it, number it, one it, question it, I get asked around the world is, how did you memorize the Bible? Well, here's how I memorized it. I studied it till the oil on my fingers were holes in the pages, until the print would fall off of the pages. And uh, I've done that from a stack of Bibles. And I'm telling you, uh, you can't get too much Bible. The more you get, the more you realize, hey, I barely know this God. And we've got to study to show ourselves approved. A workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, it, it's very accurate. It does not have to be revised. It's forever. Oh, God, your word is settled in heaven. So I'm so thankful. But uh, I, I, you know I appreciate programs like this. And Andrew Walmart, we appreciate him so much. Uh, yeah. He's a warrior. And uh, he wants to teach the truth. He wants to see people's lives uh, trans transferred into something healthy and strong and, and, and winning people to Christ. We have got to get back into soul winning. The Lord told me, and I'll just share it with you, he said, Bobby, how come the church has let one of the greatest gifts of evangelism grow cold? I said, okay, God, what, what gift have we let grow cold? He said, signs, wonders, and miracles. Remember, he says, multitudes, that's a bunch. Multitudes believed on him when they saw the miracles he did. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to have signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why uh, we've got to demonstrate who God is. And he's the Let same. Let me ask you, Bobby. 
I, I want to be practical here, all right? So so very often we see someone and they're sick, and you know what? You, you pray the sort of cursory prayer, but you know what? God might not come through, and we certainly don't want to embarrass them. And so we don't ask people to, to step out of wheelchairs. We don't we don't pray for the dead to be raised. We don't we don't have that kind of faith. Tell me how you got there. Tell me maybe it was the, the first time you made the advertisement in the paper as a Baptist pastor that there were going to be signs and wonders, and you looked out at the crowd. Tell us that story real quick. Yeah, the Lord told me, said, I'm sick and tired of my he, my people hearing about miracles and not seeing them. Yeah. So I said to him, what do you want me to do about it? I was a Baptist preacher. And he said, I want you to lease up a secular building, not your own building. And I want you to take out a, a newspaper ad, I add on television, and invite the people, come see a demonstration of God's power. That was that, that was the 1991. 1991. Come see a demonstration of God's power. All right. The television ads ran, the paper ads are in, and the Friday night comes. And so I, I'm back behind a curtain to, and because I pulled the curtain back to see how the people are, are uh, doing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I jerked the curtain back too like this. There's a whole building full of people. They're not sitting there like this. They're sitting there like this. <laughs> because a guy said, Come see a demonstration of God's power. My mouth got dry. I jerked the curtain to and I said, God, what am I going to do? And guess what he said? You're going to look real foolish if I don't show up and don't you ever forget it. And we stepped out there and I'm telling you miracles happen. Signs and wonders and miracles happen there. And I'm, that's what God wants to do. He wants to stop the gainsaying by miracles, signs, and wonders. And multitudes believe when they saw the miracles he did. But boy, uh, that, you've got to understand this. I don't care how articulate you are, how suave. And sh Listen, none of us can do a single thing without him. We've got to have the power and the unction to function, that, that Holy Ghost anointing. And it's, it, we need it. I don't know where anybody got that the Holy Ghost is optional. We can't do a single thing without him. Jesus tells us a lot about him, calls him the counselor, the standby. The, and listen, he's here to tell us about Jesus and to equip us to do what God has called us to do. Aren't you, you know, glad? I heard I am. And I heard a story, Andrew Womack, talking about how he was praying in front of a crowd like that for a little boy to be healed. I think it was from blindness and prayed and nothing happened and prayed and nothing happened. And they prayed in the spirit and, and it was, it was just, they were praying for a healing, but what they needed to pray for and the spirit revealed it to them is we need a creative miracle. And, uh, and the boy was healed. And, and so I just, have you seen creative miracle? What's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen? Like we've seen the dead race. We've seen, you know, God transform. Okay. Give, give me some, I need another God story before I go. I just do. Okay. Here, here's something that's pretty, uh, 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 shocking. You mm -hmm. ready? Yeah. I levitated while I was preaching, and it's on film. What? I levitated. The Lord said uh, we were in, we were in uh, oh, good gracious, Brazil, and there's a sea of people out there, and the Lord said, I'm going to show up and show off. I said, what? He said, I'm going to show up and show off. And I said to God, that sounds good to me. And all of a sudden, now I know this, I'm a, I, listen, uh, Ananias and Sapphira showed us don't lie in church. And mm -hmm. anyway, Lord said, I'm show up and show off. And all of a sudden, Janet, I looked and my notes were getting further and further away and I levitated. I came up above the pulpit and you can see it and they're filming me. Came up and I'm up for pretty good ways there. 
and then come back down. Now, now, that, that now was, Bobby, somebody, that was, somebody's watching, and they're saying, oh, come on. What would be the point oh, of that? Oh, come on, yeah. They got it. Yeah, they, uh, the pastor, I had, uh, they've got it on film because you can see, you can see me going up and up. And then here's one. You ready? Bob yes. Jones. Y'all remember Bob Jones? Oh, man, he's in heaven watching this broadcast. But And Carolyn, she can testify. She was right there beside me. I was preaching and was in a, a, a church that, and they left one row uh, vacant, one set of seats vacant so that the ushers could pass the offering place and stuff. So I'm preaching, but I got to feeling athletic. So I, I just jumped on the bottom of one of the chairs, the bottom like where you sit, and then I was still very, very stable. So I jumped on the back of the chair, the back of it like this thing right here, only it's real small, you know, like that. And so I landed right there, and I'm still stable as a gymnast. So I jumped on another row, and I jumped on another row, and jumped on another row. I jumped on 18, 18. rows uh, <laughs> jumping, as stable as anything. Got on the 18th row, fell over right in the middle of a bunch of rich-looking black people. And they said, are you okay? I said, probably not. But see, God wants you to do what he asks you to do. And Carolyn still has those pair of shoes. Isn't that amazing? You so know what? It sounds, it sounds frivolous. I, I, I just want to interject in here. I, I was visiting a pastor in a nursing home a couple of years ago, and they talked about, I said, I want to, you met Amy Semple McPherson. Tell me a story about her. And one of the stories they told was how she uh, defied gravity and walked on the very backs of the chairs, row after row after row. And I, I, when you tell the story, it sounds like that's frivolous. That's ridiculous. Why would God do that? And that's exactly what happened to her. You know what? Yeah. God is God. He's not limited by any of our restrictions of what's reasonable or what sounds right or what should be, you know, right. with, within the, the realms of, of, of good judgment. Um, he's God, and he can do not only yeah. anything, he can do everything, can't he? Everything. Bob Jones said that's the most supernatural thing I've ever seen because he mm -hmm. knows you can't do that. And I tell people, I said, do you think you can? Jump up and give, give us a hop. But anyway, it was just a, you've got to do what God asks you to do. Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, I was in Atlanta, Texas. Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia is where that happened. But there's mm -hmm. signs and wonders and miracles that happen. We've seen uh, blind people get their sight back, uh, seen miracles happen. Uh, this, I saw a young man uh, dead on an operating table. I was, uh, you said, well, how did it happen? Well, I was at uh, a pizza parlor. This is all true. I was at a pizza parlor fixing to eat me a slice of pizza. And um, uh, I liked there because you could play a little video game. And I, my secretary calls me from the church. And she said, um, uh, Pastor, there's a the, there's a doctor, and I, I knew this doctor. He joined our church, and very godly man. And he called, and he said, uh, could the pastor come to church? Could I come to church? So I go to the hospital where, where this is. And I walked in the surgery room there, and there was this young man, and his head was laying off the gurney, and they had been trying to stick ho hoses down in there and trying to resuscitate him. And the doctor that uh, that I knew and they used to travel around with me some, to, to I would call out people, and and God would heal him, and he could get, he could give the diet, the prognosis, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, he said, Bobby, we did everything we could to bring him back, but he's gone. And said uh, the Lord told me to call you. And so I'm looking at him. He's handsome, got dark, wavy black hair, and long and tall young man. And I said, Lord, I pray your perfect will be done with this young man. And he coughed just like that. And uh, listen, got resurrected from the dead. And I'll tell you how it happened. He said, uh, here, this is what the, the young man told me. He said, Bobby, 
He said, I was on this cliff and I fell off this cliff. He killed, tried to kill himself with an overdose of dope. And he said, I fell off this cliff. And he said, they were creatures grabbing at me, grabbing at me as I plummeted down. And then he said, all of a sudden, I was caught. Now, this is what this man said. He said, I was caught, but I was caught with something that was dirty and, and it was the devil. He said, the devil had caught him. And, and he said, Bobby, I looked out across there and he said, the molded fire was boiling like this, and people would come up screaming and fall back into the flame. And he said, this being had me and said, worship me. That's what the devil told him. Worship me. And here, listen, here's what happened. He said, the moment this voice said, worship me, he said, I go all the way back to when I was a little bitty boy, and somebody carried me to a vacation Bible school. And he said, in that school, at Vacation Bible School, they talked about the only one we're to worship is Jesus. And this man says, said to this voice, no, the only one we're to worship is Jesus. When, when he said Jesus there, that's when he screamed and raised up uh, from the dead. Wow. Wow. Hey, you know what? There's somebody, there's somebody watching right now. We've got a few minutes left. And they don't want a fate like that. They they don't know that we don't know how long we have and, and, and whether we're on the brink of eternity today or a car accident yeah. away from eternity. I yes. want to make sure people know um, how it is. And it's not hard. Um, and I want yeah. I want to just have, have if there's someone not 100 percent sure. If you're not 100 yeah. percent sure that you'll go to heaven if, when you die, you need to listen. This is the most important minute of your life. Bobby, tell them yes. how they can be sure. Yeah, that Maybe Bible said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, you will be saved because we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart. And I'm telling you, Jesus paid it all. He paid the sin price for us. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus took our place on the cross. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And he wants you to come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I, I want you, you cannot stand the pressure that the enemy's putting on you. You're not built for that. Jesus said, come to me. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm making lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. You say, Bobby, what do I need to do? Number one, say, Lord Jesus, I want you to save me. I want you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. I commit my life unto you, Jesus. And he will. The Bible, Colossians 1.13 says, he takes us out of the family of death and darkness and translates us into the family of light, love, and liberation. He'll save you. All that come to him, he'll in no wise turn away. He will redeem your life from destruction. And you can do it. You can do it right there where you're at right now. And you say like this, Lord Jesus. I know Lord you Jesus. are the Son of God. I know, I know that you, you are died the Son of God. Cross for me. I know you're not dead now. You're a living Savior. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and save me. I give you my life. And then confess him and follow him in biblical baptism. Speak the word of God into your heart and your whole life will change. Bobby, I want to um I want to, I want one more prayer. And that's the prayer from the person who's sitting on the pew. They've been on the bench, they need to get in the game. They, they need to live like this book says we can live. And I want to pray for those yeah. people to get out of neutral okay. and put it in drive. Let's, let's, let's pray that yeah. prayer if we can. 
All right, well, we will. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. You want you you sent your warring angels to my house, and they were screaming, urgency, divine urgency, sound the alarm, awake the warriors. And that's what we want. We want to wake up the church, wake up the warriors. And then you said, Lord, mobilize the body of Christ. And we do that. We're not going to sit on the sideline another second. We're going to be bold and brave and very courageous. We're going to do what we're called to do and stimulate and inspire the people to take a stand and to having done all stand. And I want you to, I want you, Lord Jesus, to help us to fight a good fight, the fight of faith. And Lord, I pray you'll give us courage and strength, insights, anointing, everything we need to live godly in this present dark world. We want to walk straight in a crooked world in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I had a PS, just like the watch you got out of your open door safe. Uh, redeem the time, Lord. Redeem the time. Make up for yes. the fields of locusts have eaten. We've got just uh, three yes. minutes left, Bobby. What's uh, what's the final word you want for uh, for those watching? I was going to say America, but they're watching from all over yeah. the world, and we just want to give the Don't. word of of of, uh, of hope. Go Don't ahead. Give Go ahead. Up. Don't give in. Just keep on shining. And keep on believing that God says he's who he says he is, and he'll do what he's promised. He won't lie, and he will lead us from one dimension of glory to the next, and he will take us in his arms, and we'll be in heaven for eternity. Can you imagine that? All of this in heaven, too. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him, but he's revealed them. God has a plan. And his plans are always good. So follow him. He's the only one that really knows where we're going. You know, he seems to be uh, be moving, not just we saw the Asbury uh, beginnings, the rumblings. Yes. They're baptizing people right now in the yes. fountains at Florida State University. Do you do you believe yeah. the Great Awakening has begun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Uh, we're going to see a massive move of God among the millennials and uh, I'm telling you, uh, I promise you, there we're going to have the joining of the generations. That's a real story. You'll need to hear it sometimes. Bob Jones and I and Carolyn and some pastors were up in the Northwest in, in, in Longview, Washington, in a van driving. And Bob's up in front, and Carolyn are a couple of seats back. And Bob goes, hey, boy, talking about me. Hey, boy, tell them pastors what generation this is. And we'd stopped under a, 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 a red light there in Longview, Washington, looking over the, the, the Longview, Washington. And I said, oh, Bob, they know what generation this is. He said, no, they don't. Tell them. I said, this is the Joshua generation, the joining of generations. When I said that, two power lines, 15 feet apart, jumped together, wound together, and blew out every light in Longview, Washington. That You oh, can my. Google it find out about it. See, God's going to join the generations, and we don't have a power grid powerful enough. And it, it said in the paper in the news the next morning, for some unknown reason, at a given intersection, the high lines were wound together. And see, God's going to join the generations, and we're going to see a power thrust that's going to be amazing. And even though it doesn't seem like it every day, this is this is the best time to live, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't pray this time for any other time. Esther says we're in the kingdom for such a time as this. I got something better than that. The kingdom is in us for such a time as this. Isn't that amazing? It is. Bobby, I just am so grateful. I can't wait to see you, uh, you and Carolyn this weekend. I'm looking forward to yeah. it as we have another roundtable over at Morningstar. But uh, I just, yeah. I'm just grateful for you, and I, I just appreciate your crazy stories um, because I wanna, mm -hmm. I wanna see some of those. I think we all do. We've got and as some. We step that's out amazing. Faith, but 
Yeah, there'll be more to come. I'm so grateful. Till next time, thanks for joining us at Truth and Liberty. God bless bless you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.